All right, welcome. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today, and I'm really, really excited that uh, you showed up. That's awesome. And uh, a few faces that I haven't seen in a while, and uh, I feel like we're in a Catholic church. You're showing up for Christmas, so that's awesome. Normally, you know, we're kind of like, quote unquote, a Protestant church, and everybody just finds other stuff to do, right? They're like, oh, well, I got this and I got that. Um, but uh, we are going to be focusing on Christmas again today. I'm not going to talk about the fourth candle, which is the love candle. I have a whole series that I do on love, and I'm going to go ahead and do that again this year in January. So what I've chosen to do today, I, I prayed about it, thought about it, is I'm going to tell you the, the story of Nicholas. Not this Nicholas sitting back here, right? But another Nicholas. Um, you all know Santa Claus, right? Santa Claus is the main character in the, the secular Christmas story. Um, you really don't hear a whole lot about Jesus in you know, certain circles. You hear a lot about Santa and sleighs and, and elves and reindeer and you know, the North Pole and all of that other stuff. Um, and so he's kind of like the main character in the secular Christmas story. Of course, Christmas is really about who? Jesus. Yeah, that's what you just saw in that little video. That's why it's called Christ Mask right? It's about Jesus Christ. And so we have all of these other fun things that we do, and they're great, Christmas trees and wreaths and presents and so forth. But Christmas is really all about Jesus. I want to tell you about this fellow named Nicholas, who was really all about Jesus. He was a strongly committed Christian, and he was actually imprisoned for his faith during the persecution of the Roman Emperor Diocletian in 303 AD. That was a really long time ago, like 1700 years ago, right? Uh, he was put in prison during that time. But Nicholas was such a strong believer that he was willing to go to prison rather than renounce his Christian faith. Well, he was one of the ones that was blessed. A lot of people during that persecution got martyred. That means they got killed for their faith. But Nicholas was let out of prison and uh, he was actually, his job was he was a pastor, just like me. Nicholas was a pastor of a church in a city called Myra in Lycia, which is today is in a, a, a region of the world called Turkey. How many of you have ever heard of Turkey, right? Believe it or not, in that region, there were a lot of churches back in the day. There aren't now. Uh, Islam came in, and so it's mainly Muslim these days. Uh, there are still some Christians that are there, but there were a lot of churches. And there was a church in a town called Myra. And so Nicholas is often called Nicholas of Myra, because back then they didn't have last names. You were either known by your first name and your father's name, right? So, for instance, Peter uh, from the Bible, right? Peter, the first apostle, the head of the apostles. His name was Simon Bar-Jonah which means Simon, son of John. And then Jesus was the one that gave him the new name, Peter. So they would be known as that, or they would be known as this person from this city. So uh, Nicholas is called Nicholas of Myra. Now, he was a strong believer in the divinity of Christ. And you're like, kids, are, I've got kids in the room. You're like, what? What is that divinity? Isn't that candy? No, it means Jesus is God. Jesus is one with the Father. Amen? So God became a man. Jesus really did come into this world with Mary as his mother and Almighty God as his father in this mystical, supernatural way. But he was a real human being. But Jesus existed before that, right? The scripture says, John 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God 
and the word was God. You're like, what? Well, what's the word? Stay with me. The word was God. All things were made by him, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. I'm giving you guys a little flashlight so you can remember this, right? And the darkness has not overcome it. And then a little further down, that's John 1 through 5. In John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and lived among us. And we beheld his glory. That means we looked at his glory. We saw his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the ancient church, they said Jesus is eternally begotten. It's another paradox. It's another mystery. Hard to understand. But Jesus has always existed. Say that. Right? He was, he was and is the Son of God. All right? So in my karate class, at the beginning of class, we always put up a, a, a three-sided triangle with our hands, and then we bow, uh, because in a traditional karate class, that's what you would do. You would bow to the master. I'm not the master. The master would be the one that started the system. And in our case, it's a fellow named Tatsuo Shimabuku. But our master is not Tatsuo Shimabuku. Our master is not the pastor. Our master is not the sensei. Our master is who? It's Jesus. So we say, what do we say, kids? What do we say? Yesu. Thank you. They just like, they're looking at me like, what? This is church. That's karate. I, I don't know how to put the two together, right? Which in Japanese means Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the master. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the boss. He's always been from the very beginning. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Right? That's what the scripture says. He's the exact representation of God's nature. So God became a man. But there was an early problem in the church that they called a heresy, where a fellow by the name of Arius, he was a, a deacon actually, but he was very, very popular. And he said, there was a time when he was not. So he did not affirm that Jesus was one with the Father, Yesu Washernati. Okay, that he was uh, always in, in existence. He said, no, Jesus is a created being just like you and I are created beings. No, Jesus became a human, but that's not his origin, right? So Arius was promoting this heresy and they had this big council called the Council of Nicaea and all of the bishops met together and some people think that Nicholas was one of the bishops that came. We don't have his name on all the lists, but there is information uh, in the ancient church that says that Nicholas was there. Now, this is kind of difficult, right? Uh, Felix, army, you'll like this. Yeah. So Arius is promoting this heresy. He's lying about Jesus. And yeah, Nicholas slapped him in the face. Ooh. Said, you liar. Right? Don't take his example. We don't always do the right thing, right? Just because you disagree, you don't slap somebody. But it shows you that he was very, very zealous. He very, very much wanted people to understand, no, you need to believe that Jesus is God. Jesus is one with God, right? Um, and so uh, what was his, his, uh, his background? He actually came from wealthy parents but they both died when he was a kid. And so when he got older and he became a Christian, a decision that all of you kids need to think about, right? You need to think about, do I wanna follow Jesus or do I wanna follow myself, right? Well, Nicholas decided he wanted to follow Jesus when he was still a kid. He had a lot of wealth and you know what he started doing? 
He started seeing people that were having hard times around him, and he started giving his money away. He started giving gifts. In fact, one of the most famous stories about Nicholas of Myra is that there were three women who were going to be sold into slavery if they were unable to get married. And they had to have money. Now, I know this is weird that society's different, culture's different at different times, and this is a long time ago. But they had to have money called a dowry if they were gonna get married. So Nicholas of Myra had money and it was three daughters. And so he gave money to each one of those daughters so that they could be married. In fact, some of the stories say that Nicholas put the money in, it was gold and he put it in bags and he threw it through their window. But there's other stories that said he threw it and it went down the chimney of the house. But some of you are thinking with me right about now, aren't you? Some of you just don't understand what I'm talking about, but you will just wait. We're going to get to the good part of the story, all right? Um, he loved children, and he loved to give. That was just who he was. That was in his DNA. Some people are like that. Kids, you know, adults that are cool with kids and adults that are not so cool with kids, right? So be careful with all adults, even adults that are cool with kids. Not all of them are trustworthy, and you need to be stranger danger, right? Okay, you understand that. But Nicholas was the pastor of this church in Myra, and he was well known for that. Well, um, so many years later, the church, uh, the Catholic church, there was no other church other than the Catholic church at this point in time, they made Nicholas a saint. So today we know him as Saint Nicholas. Now we're getting closer, aren't we? All right, in Dutch, I don't speak Dutch, but I can give you a phrase. In Dutch, Saint Nicholas is Sinterklaas. Say Sinterklaas. Now say it a few times fast. What does it sound like? Uh-oh, it sounds like Santa Claus, doesn't it? St. Nicholas became Santa Claus in America because Dutch families were the first to celebrate his feast day. His feast day is actually, and Nicholas, you should know this, his feast day is December the 6th. That can be your new day, right? And so what they would do is they would give gifts to children on Nicholas's feast day. But then years went by and they started taking those gifts that they gave to children on Nicholas's feast day and guess when they started giving them? That's right, on Christmas. And in fact, here's another really cool and interesting story. So the Dutch are often known for their wooden shoes. Children, Dutch children would put their shoes around the fireplace and in the morning, they would wake up and there would be gifts in their shoes. So you take that and you put it together with the, the story about Nicholas throwing the gold through uh, the window. And some of those stories say that they would, uh, that the, the gold landed in the stockings that the girls had hung up uh, above the fireplace to dry. Uh-oh, there's the stockings and there's the stocking story. You see, all of this has reality behind it. So um, yes, there's a very, very interesting story that doesn't, it, it focuses on our character, our, our, the character in our, our cultural play called Santa Claus. Um, and uh, the things that we attribute to Santa Claus are not all exactly what St. Nicholas was all about, but they're cool and they're fun anyway. So I know this is church and, and I'm trying to teach you really cool stuff, but I'm gonna read you this poem that my mom used to read me and until I laid my eyes on it again the other day, I probably hadn't heard the words to this poem since I was a kid, right? 
And so I started getting all chills and stuff like that because I remember when I was like about Isaiah's age, right? And when I was about Annalie's age, I remember, okay, hearing this poem. Here it is. Now, so I told you about St. Nicholas and where he came from, right? But St. Nicholas kind of morphs into Santa Claus, Sinterklaas, Santa Claus. And then there was this, this man, he was actually a minister, another minister, and uh, he wrote a poem. We know the poem as Twas the Night Before Christmas, but it was originally titled A Visit from St. Nicholas. And it's a poem written by Clement Clark Moore, and it was written not as long ago as St. Nicholas was born, but it was written in 1822. And he wrote it for his, for his daughters. Um, this is that poem, and I want to read it to you. It's kind of long, but hopefully you'll hang in there with me. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave luster of midday to the objects below. When what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each tiny little hoof. As I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished and with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry, his cheeks like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk and lay his laying his finger aside his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. Isn't that a good poem? we get a lot of what we know about Santa Claus from that poem that that man wrote to his kids. That's why it's so cool. But I wanna focus in church 
on St. Nicholas. And I can tell you that I firmly believe in St. Nicholas and what he stood for. And I would like for you to believe in St. Nicholas and what he stood for as well. There's three things we can learn from St. Nicholas. First, be fully committed to Jesus Christ no matter the cost. Jesus is not so popular anymore. He was once very popular. When I was a kid, not everybody went to church, but Jesus was pretty popular. These days, Jesus kind of is not so popular. And there are even people that don't like Jesus at all. And so you might be scared to say that you believe in Jesus, you want to follow Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God. But I want you to follow the example of St. Nicholas, who was willing to follow Jesus even when it resulted in him getting punished for it, even when he, when he had to go to jail for it. And, you know, kids, you're growing up in a, in a very interesting world. And there are some difficult times, strange things, right? With the pandemic and all of that stuff. But I want you to be little warriors. See these little men right here, these three little men right here? I want you to be little warriors. But I don't want you to fight for yourself. I want you to fight for Jesus. I want you to stand up for Jesus. I want you to live for Jesus. I want you to love Jesus because St. Nicholas loved Jesus. So every time, you know, Christmas happens and you see all the stuff about Santa and so forth, don't be put off by that. Don't say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in Santa Claus. I don't know if I like that or not. No, you know what? Santa Claus comes from St. Nicholas and St. Nicholas is one of the coolest people you would have ever met. He loved kids and he loved to give and he was very committed to Jesus, all right? Number two, don't compromise who Jesus is, even if other people say he's something else. So there are people that are like, well, yeah, you know, Jesus is okay, but he was just a man. Jesus was just a teacher. He was just a, a, a prophet, right? Uh, you know, he was just a martyr for his beliefs. Yes, he died on the cross. I don't know if I believe that he rose from the dead. That's not me. That's somebody who is not believing, okay? And so they, they take who Jesus really is and they make him who they say he is. A lot of people do that. They turn Jesus into something other than who the Bible clearly says he is. Listen, guys, I just quoted extensively from John chapter one. John says Jesus was preexistent, right? In both Matthew and Luke, we see that Jesus was born of Mary with God Almighty as his father. Joseph was kind of like his stepfather. Does anybody in the room have a stepfather? Anybody have a stepfather? I did, I had a stepfather. Okay, and Jesus had a stepfather too, and his stepfather's name was Joseph, and Joseph loved Jesus, and he helped Jesus, and he raised Jesus, and he taught Jesus how to be a carpenter. So that's awesome. Jesus had families, kind of like our families, right? Um, so don't compromise who Jesus is. Jesus is the one and only son of the one and only God. Hold on to that. No matter what everybody else says, that's the truth, right? We don't have the privilege of reinventing Jesus in our own image. Right? And then number three, and this is perfect for Christmas. Are you ready? The number three th lesson I want you to learn from St. Nicholas is be a giver. Right? Do you know Jesus said, or about Jesus it is said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Right? In fact, I am going to, I'm going to play Santa in a skit that we're going to do on Christmas Eve. I hope you're here. Do you see how I grew my beard out for you? You'll know it's me. You'll know it's me, right? But I'm going to play Santa in this skit, and several of our kids in this room are going to come up, and, well, it's supposed to be really funny, so we'll see if you laugh or not, okay? Um, but, yeah, be a giver, because St. Nicholas was a giver. Jesus wanted us to be givers, and at the end of the skit, there's a little girl, and I don't want to give it away, um, but I will tell you she's played by Nora, all right? 
And she says this, um, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's what we learn in church, she said. Well, see, that's what you're learning today. It, so with a kid, you could say, you know what? In the end, it's actually more fun to give than to receive. Now, you have to have something to give, right? And getting gifts is cool and it's fun and unwrapping gifts is really fun. There's no question, right? I don't have like a lot of money or I would have given you all like $100 bills or something like that for Christmas, but I gave you little flashlights, all right? So that's cool, right? Uh, by the way, if you didn't get one, Jubilee will be at the back door, the one that lit our love candle today, and she will hand you one on your way out the door. And if I have any left for Christmas Eve and you bring other people, we'll give them one too, right? Jesus is the light of the world, little light. I think that that's cool. But it just feels better to give, right? As long as you have something to give. So I want you kids. You know what I like? Now, I'm not saying go and do this for me right now, okay? But several times in this church, you guys have made me these really, really cool cards, right? Can you remember making those or drawing any of those, right? Some of them you drew pictures, some of them you put stickers on them, and you had your own little messages. Do you know that's more meaningful to me than a $100 bill? It really is. It's very, very special to me. So you see, you don't have to have a bunch of money. You can do something nice for somebody. You can draw something for somebody. If you know how to cook or if your mom or dad will show you how to cook, you could cook something for somebody. You see what I'm saying? All right, but be a giver. Be happy to receive. And when somebody gives you a gift, say thank you very much, but be a giver. Nicholas was a giver. Saint Nicholas was a giver. In fact, that's really the main thing he was known for is being a giver. And that is the main reason that we give gifts during Christmas. I remember hearing when I was very, very young that we give gifts at Christmas because the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. But I wrote a funny skit, at least I think it's funny, and we had several of our men play in it before, um, where the, the, wise, the, the wise men became three wise guys, and instead of giving gifts, they wanted to exchange gifts with one another while Jesus' mother watched, okay? But it's kind of like what we do, right? We're not giving gifts to Jesus, we're giving gifts to each other, and it's supposed to be, no, see, in the end, Jesus just gives us that heart of giving. He makes us want to be givers. If you know Jesus, it's gonna make you want to be a giver because you know what Jesus gave? He gave us everything. He gave up his life on the cross so that we could be saved from our sins. He who knew no sin became our sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's what Jesus gave us. He gave us his very life. Go all the way back to that verse I quoted at the beginning of this message, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, all things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Jesus is the author and the originator of life and he gave that up on the cross for you and me. But what's great is death couldn't keep Jesus down. He rose on the third day and that's why he ascended into heaven and that's why we pray to him today. That's why we open our hearts to receive him into our heart today. But listen, when you receive Jesus into your heart, you don't become a selfish person that's like, oh, I'm good, I've got salvation. Now I can just go and do whatever I want. No, it makes you wanna give. It makes you wanna worship. It makes you wanna love other people. And you know, not everybody's lovable, right? Some people are hard to love, aren't they? Like adults, I'm seeing more and more of these memes that are like, I like my cat and my dog and like one person, you know? It's like, we don't like each other anymore. We don't like people anymore. Can I just say this? Jesus loves people, even unlovable people, even difficult people. Jesus loves them all. And when you let Jesus come into your life, 
it helps you, he helps you to become a lover of people too. So I hope you come in January. I'm gonna do a whole series on love and that's what it's really about. But being a giver is about being a lover of people, right? Now, when you love people, you may or may not be able to trust them. You don't have to trust everybody. Loving them just means you do what's best for them. And what's best for them may be to not put yourself in a position where you let somebody bad take advantage of you. But you can still do what's best for them, even if they're evil and even if they're bad, right? Even if you can't be around them, you can still try to do what's best for you. You can at least pray for them, right? So Jesus makes us into givers. That's what St. Nicholas was all about. And that's the story I wanted to tell you today. So come on back up. We've got two more songs. And uh, we're going to worship together. If you've never let Jesus come into your heart as your Lord and Savior, then I want you to come up and talk to me or come up and talk to Pastor Craig or come up and talk to Miss Mary. Miss Mary's going to be right here. Okay. The Bible says all you need to do is call on Jesus to be your Savior. Ask him to be your Lord. Right. Just say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Jesus, I believe in you and I want you to come into my heart. But he needs to know that that's what you want. Right. We can just say, well, he already knows. Now, that's not the point. He wants you to say it. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. The Bible says whoever calls in the name of the Lord, be you got to ask for it. If you want it, you got to say it and mean it. Right. So if that's you, normally, you know, in the past, I've prayed prayers in here that we all pray together. But I'm going to say you can pray the prayer just like I just prayed right now at your seat by yourself and then come up and tell one of us or you can come up to one of the three of us and pray with us. But I want you to have Jesus in your heart before Christmas comes. And if you have Jesus in your heart, then I want you to be a giver like St. Nicholas. All right.